There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Before we get ready for today's episode of Bench with Bubba, let me talk to you about Draft. Draft Draft.com, Draft in your app store, is a great way to play fantasy sports. And right now, they have NFL best balls going and going strong. Go check it out. It's a great way to play. You draft. You don't worry about it. They take your best scores each week. It's a ton of fun. Use promo code SDSPORTS when you check out, and you'll get entry into a free $3 best ball tournament. So go check it out. Draft in your app store, draft.com, promo code SD Sports when you check out and enjoy a great, fun way to play fantasy sports. Now to this week's edition of Benched with Bubba. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 114. Going to talk some uh, recent fantasy football news after the week one of preseason action. Going to get into the top 20 uh, wide receivers based on Fantasy Pro ADP. So a lot of fun stuff to talk about here to get you ready for your fantasy football drafts. In order to do so, I have a special guest with me. You can find his work over at FightingChanceFantasy.com. He is on Twitter at FightingChance. Fighting chance, Ryan. How we doing, man? Doing great, Bubba. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, uh, man. We're getting a little closer to the season. Can't wait. Yep, it's getting here real quick, really, really quick. When I started doing the football stuff, I was like, "Oh, we got plenty of time." And nope, it's it's here. It's happening. So, uh, before we get started, why don't you let everybody know what you got going on over there at uh, Fighting Chance? I know we've uh, done a lot of fun little polls and tournaments, non-sports related, and you got a bunch of football stuff going on. So let everybody know. Yeah, we've got a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, right now, we got Jim Day, the Fantasy Taz, is pumping out uh, training camp articles, two a day right now, one for the AFC, one for the NFC. Uh, he follows a ton of beat writers, and he condenses all that down into a nice, simple way for uh, for people to read. So that's uh, the big thing. Uh, we have another mock draft, which you're going to be participating in tomorrow, so there'll be a write-up for that coming up there. Uh 
and then we got a couple other writers. Uh, Casey Kasem, she's got some stuff going on. We have Brian Drake we just brought on. He's, I know, doing an article at Ben Roethlisberger tonight. And, of course, you can always hear Steve Rapp and, my, and myself do our podcast every Thursday night, 10 o'clock. And there's a, there's a player embedded right on the site if you want to listen to that live. Well, that seems like a lot of good stuff there. So go, go check them all out at fightingchancefantasy.com and uh, get all the info. There are a lot of good good people over there that we and I've interacted with throughout the last couple of years. Uh, let's get into some news from the past week. And then before we get into the wide receivers, uh, Darius Geis, for those living under a rock, um, reports were, oh, it's just a sprain, no big deal. No, he tore his ACL. He's out for the year. Um, so that's not even in question now. But the big question is, what do you do at the running back position in Washington? Because it is quite a mess, Ryan. Yeah, to me, the story's not told yet. Uh, I know Jake Gruden came out and was like, oh, you know, we're good with the guys we have. But uh, first of all, what's he supposed to say? Like, oh, we got a bunch of trash on this roster. We're going to have to figure something out. Uh, He's not going to do that. And second of all, I know their front office is a mess, but last I checked, I don't think he's making all the personnel decisions anyway. So I I think, you know, you get a lot of coach speak at this time of year. Uh, You know, guys trying to either pump up their players or motivate their players, which I think we're going to hit on a couple other uh, places. But uh, if I was drafting right now, I wouldn't. I I tweeted something when this news broke. This doesn't put P. Ryan in any better spot for me. Uh, I still think, you know, we saw he was a lot of hot garbage last year. Uh, Rob Kelly is so past being relevant. I I think the, the... Starting running back for the Redskins, I'm not 100% sure it's on the roster right now. If I was drafting right now, I'd stay away from the whole situation. Yeah, I'm with you. You don't want Kelly. You don't want Piran. And if that's what they're going to, to town with, well, stay away from the whole situation. Uh, if they go get a DeMarco Murray or they go find someone else, yes, then we have something to be interested in. But at the moment, it's it's a hot mess that we should just sit back and watch. So totally agree with you there. Let's talk about another uh, interesting running back situation in San Francisco now with Jarek McKinnon. Hurting his calf, his calf injury. Uh, Matt Breida separated shoulder. He's going to be out for a little bit. They go and sign Alfred Morris. Everyone's talking about oh the reunion with uh, Shanahan. How, what's your take on this uh, Niners backfield right now? Well, I'm actually a Niners fan, and if Alfred Morris leads our backfield into the season, I'm going to be very, very sad. Uh, I mean, he's he's okay. You know, he was a decent change of pace when when uh, uh, not Darren McFadden when Ezekiel Elliott was hurt. But I, he's not really showing anything. He's kind of a big plotting guy. I think McKinnon is going to be okay. Uh, it kind of stinks that he's going to probably lose some of the preseason of his first year with the team. But I'm not really dropping him down my rankings. I think McKinnon will be okay. Brita separated shoulder. That scares me a little bit. Uh, you know, it's kind of a, a rough injury to have as a, uh, a running back. But also don't forget Joe Williams, who they drafted last year, missed all of last season, who Kyle Shanahan apparently beat the table to draft last year. He should be healthy. So, uh, you know, if you're if you're skeptical on McKinnon, uh, Breida's banged up. Uh, don't fall in love completely with Joe Morris. Don't forget about jo- Joe Williams, Alfred Morris, and Joe Williams. Excuse me. No worries. Um, yeah, well, Breida separated shoulder. Yeah, that is a little worrisome there. Eventually he'll come back, but just to what extent is the question. And I agree, Jared McKinnon. It just seems like an easy injury to re. It just seems like an easy one to re-injure. Is my problem with it. No, and that's what I agree with. You know, if he's running downhill like he's supposed to, he's going to run right into guys and separate that shoulder again, probably. So a little to worry about there. McKinnon, yes, when he comes back, he should be fine. We weren't expecting McKinnon to carry the workload, anyways. So that leads me to my question. Many people were high on Matt Breida as you know an option later in drafts. Are you looking at an Alf Morris or a Williams? late in drafts, or are you just going to kind of wait and see how that plays out? 
I don't, I really can't see uh, uh, Morris being a, a huge factor. Uh, like I said, he he's done okay in small doses, but uh, it doesn't really seem like the Kyle Shanahan type of back to me. I know they, they worked together before, but, uh, you know, not really much of a pass catcher at all. So maybe he'll vulture some touchdowns, but if I'm going for, you know, towards the end of the draft and I'm shooting for, for someone I think maybe can help me later on, I'm going to shoot for Joe Williams. Okay. I like it. Let's talk about one that um, each week, it seems like there's more and more anticipation, more and more excitement behind Andrew Luck. We finally saw him go out and play little in preseason. The part I wanted to see the most, he took a hit and got right back up. He looked good. I know it's preseason. It's week one. We got to temper expectations, but it definitely, you know, two weeks ago, I told you I wanted nothing to do with this man. Now I'm starting to get a little bit of feel goods about Andrew Luck. What's your thoughts on Andrew Luck going into the season? Because there's people that want nothing to do with him, middle of the pack, and I've even heard some have him like top five. So what are you thinking? I am on the nothing to do with him train. Uh, I have my quarterback rankings up, which have to be updated, but he was 30 for me. Uh, and I'm not 100% sure I'm even going to move him when I do uh, redo my rankings. Uh, I said, you know, what I've been saying all along, I want to see him get drilled into the ground and get up. All right, so that happened to uh-huh. an extent. Uh, but here's my here's my problem with the top five people. He's been almost two years since he played in a competitive game. Week 17 of of 16, we're now at August of 2018. So almost two calendar years since he played a game. Uh, Didn't play at all last year, despite all these good reports from the Colts. And let's face it, his weapons aren't very good. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is is a good speedy receiver. uh, But after that, there's not a lot to get excited about. On top of the fact that, you know, 16 was a good season for him, but we're still kind of in love with, I think it's the 2014 season where he threw 40 touchdowns. A lot's happened since then. A lot of serious injuries to his shoulders. I don't know that he's going to have the same zip he used to have. And I'm not certainly not willing to put my number one quarterback on my fantasy team on the line for that. The position is too deep uh, for me to take this much of a chance with the guy who's going to be starting every week on my team for a position, let's face it, that usually scores the most points. No, I agree with all of that. Um, if I'm taking him, he's uh, my number two, which means I'm probably not taking him the way things are starting to look now. Uh, I, yeah, because you said it is the position is so deep. You don't need – like literally, if you're in a single quarterback league, you can wait till almost like it's a defense now. It's so deep. You don't have to go crazy with it. And Luck's not he's, – he's going way too early now. I'd rather sit and wait for a Roethlisberger or a Rivers and let someone take Luck ahead of him. Um, not to mention many other options back there. So will be quite interesting. Let's talk Carson Wentz, who was earlier the number five ADP quarterback out there. He's kind of dropped a little bit, but still people are in love with him saying, don't worry about it. He'll be just fine because people don't realize that an ACL injury apparently doesn't affect anything. But he flat out said, I'm 50-50 basically for week one. He's trying to get back for week one. He's not 100% confident there. Uh, what's your uh, your feelings on Carson Wentz going into uh, the season? Well, I'm going to be the complete opposite on this one, and I really, really like Wentz. Uh, I have him in my top five quarterbacks. Uh, you know, the injury was towards the end of the year. I think it was week 13 or week 14. I want to say it was 13. Uh, so, you know, he's probably about eight months, nine months out. Uh, you know, knee injuries – I can't say they're uh, – I am going to say they're not what they used to be. Uh, I mean, these guys are able to rehab a lot sooner. 
if he misses, you know, if you draft him, like we were just saying, the quarterback is very deep. Draft a Rivers late. Draft a Manning late. A guy to get you through a week or two. If he's, I don't think he's going to be out long. And he's just masterful last year. I love what I saw from the kid. Uh, so I'm not going to let maybe missing week one stop me from taking this guy that I think can help me all year long. Yeah, there's a, a lot to like there in Philly. And it's weird because Alshon Jeffries just finally uh, is taking snaps on this the side field. Uh, Nelson Aguilar has missed a lot of time. The, the running back situation is kind of a question mark. Nick Foles has a bad back. Yet to the defending champions, and everyone's on board right now. Let's talk Detroit Lions running backs real quick. Uh, Karrion Johnson, the rookie, everyone loves him. Had a pretty good first week of preseason action. And LeGarrette Blunt came out and has been announced as the goal line back. Like, we kind of had the idea. It's, it's been stated now. He is the goal line back, so Volturing will take place. Does that affect your opinion on Karrion Johnson at all this year? Uh, maybe slightly, but not too much. Uh, you know, there was a time even maybe four or five years ago where there was goal line backs all over the league. Uh, you know, these big plotting guys who came in and, and stole the, the little guys touchdowns who ran the ball all the way down the field. Blount's kind of like the last one of, of this, uh, you know, the kind of dinosaur position that's not really there. Uh, my problem with Johnson is more of Detroit than, than, Blount. Uh, you know, they haven't had a thousand yard rusher in since, I don't know. I, it, it was, I think, 1942, the last time they had a thousand yard rusher, which is a huge exaggeration, but it just seems like everybody, every time they bring somebody in, they, you know, they really fall short of expectations. I like Johnson a lot. Uh, I have him definitely in my top 30 runners. Uh, Blount is all right. I, I don't know that I expect a whole lot out of him. So I don't know that his presence really hurts Johnson's value all too much. Uh, at least as far as I'm concerned. All right. Let's talk about another running back, rookie running back, Saquon Barkley. Everyone was on cloud nine after the big run in his opener, had a good first game, goes and gets hurt at practice. Everyone says it's very, very minor, no big deal. Do you have any concern on Saquon Barkley? Does he affect your rankings at all? It's No, it's not going to affect my rankings. The only thing, you know, I think if he was second or third year into the league, he probably he might not play the rest of the preseason. But as a rookie, they, they're going to have to get him in there some more. So I, I wouldn't be surprised maybe if he misses one preseason game as total you know, uh, precaution. But, uh, you know, he looked pretty good on that, that long run. Uh, it's, it seems like he does it all. I still have him definitely uh, as a top, uh, I think, seven running back. And, and a little hammy no, isn't going isn't gonna to change what I think of him. Yeah, he's an absolute monster, and he's going to be one of those rookie running backs that kind of sets the tone for rookie running backs like Ezekiel did, and now it's his turn to uh, definitely make that statement. Let's talk about tight end David Njoku out of Cleveland, who many liked last year, really never got it going in the system. He had a huge week one, and again, it's preseason, but Tyrod hit him for a big one, Baker hit him for a big one, so two touchdowns. Is this what we're expecting? Is it finally going to happen this year, or is this just a preseason overreaction? I think it's got a real good chance of happening this year. Uh, he's a guy I like. I'm, I'm targeting his uh, – a lot of leagues you don't have two tight ends. Uh, so, you know, he might not even end up getting drafted. Maybe after this, he's, you know, he's going he's gonna to fault up some people's boards. Uh, but I do think he's got a really good chance. I mean, he came out of college, really athletic, great hands, and he lost – you know, he lost downs to Seth DeValve last year, which was completely inexplicable. I can't – how did that happen? I don't know. You know, But when he was on the field, he was able to make some sort of an impact. The Browns are such a huge wild card to me this year. I don't know what to think of 
any of them. Uh, you know, we don't know who the quarterback is going to be. You figure Tyrod Taylor is going to start the season at least. Uh, if things go well, I think Njoku's going to have a, a real good chance to have a, you know, a top 10 tight end type of season. But they had a lot of changes. I mean, new quarterback, new receivers, new running back. It's just so much turnover on this offense that I don't know if it, you know, it might take a little a minute to click. It might take two, three, four weeks before it clicks with so many new guys on the team. Uh, so if you do draft him, I, I would preach a little patience. The kid has got all the talent in the world. It's just a matter of putting it together. Yeah, super, super talented, and you said it. Cleveland has so many new toys in that offense this year, and they're just all over the place. I guess the one good thing is if Tyrod stays back there, we know Tyrod always had a relationship with his tight end and Charles Clay in Buffalo, something he can hopefully build on there. But, you know, all this new weapons Tyrod didn't really have in the wide receiving game. You have a Duke Johnson that can play in the slot in the backfield in the passing game. Uh, you have Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb with Landry. He's going to be a monster. Blessed. Um, so many things to uh, like in Cleveland. Real quick, Baker Mayfield, huge game. Everyone's raving about there's a reason they took him number one, so on and so forth. What did you think about his first game? Uh, you know, I, I haven't been a big Baker Mayfield fan coming into the season, uh, but, uh, you know, after one week, uh, maybe i got to change my tune a little bit. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, I'm still a little worried about him, at least for 2018 as far as fantasy is concerned, just because of Tyrod Taylor, and, you know, we'll see how long it takes him to get on the field. And maybe, you know, maybe he lights it up the rest of the preseason. Maybe he's a starter week one. If that's the case, then, you know, he could be in for a good season. Uh, I'm lightening up on him. Uh, I I was surprised when he went first overall. I kind of thought, you know, Darnold might go first or or even Rosen, but uh, I'm starting to come around on him. Uh, Were there any other, you know, preseason standouts for you that kind of like got your attention, maybe changed your rankings a little bit or, Made you take some notes to watch more coming up yeah. down the road here. Sticking with the Browns, I mean, then we have Antonio Callaway. You know, if he can stay off the pot, uh, definitely had a, a huge opening game. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Josh Gordon, uh, you know, but then we, you know, we're just talking how many weapons they have. Can this kid come in and and make an impact? Is he going to get the opportunity to make an impact, or was this preseason? So he was one that definitely stuck out for me. Nice, nice. Um, Tampa Bay, Dirk Cutter, obviously on the hot seat. Um, they drafted Ronald Jones out of USC, very talented running back. He's come out and, you know, the media blew it out of proportion when he says Peyton Bar- Barber's our number one. If you listen back to his soundbite, it was kind of like, we have two really good running backs. We're going to have a battle throughout camp. Right now, Peyton's our number one. He didn't flat out say going into the season, Peyton's our number one. How do you interpret this? Because once I finally heard the whole thing, I kind of sat back and said, okay, to me, he wants to press the rookie a little bit and do some of that stuff. What was your take on Dirk Cutter's uh, talk here? Yeah, this is kind of what I was re- referring to earlier when I said, uh, you know, we're going to hear a lot of stuff coming out of coaches in the next few weeks. This, to me, I think is uh, the other part that I was thinking. Uh, I think this is trying to push the rookie, try to get, light a little fire under him, to, you know, don't want him to just get too comfortable. Uh, you know, he was drafted early, so you know, a lot of people think he's just going to walk into the job. And I think he should. I think he's by far a better running back than, than Peyton Barber. So I expect Jones to be the starter. I expect Barber to have a role, but uh, I do expect Jones to get at least 15 carries a game this year. Yeah. Uh, let's talk some wide receivers now. Uh, we've done the quarterback preview. We've done the running back preview. Going to do two wide receiver ones. We're going to start you off with the top 20 based on Fantasy Pros ADP at the moment. Uh, there's tons of different places people can look at for rankings, ADPs, whatever. 
This is just the easiest one for me to go to with all the different uh, conglomerates that they use. And we're going to go in groups of five here. And we're going to kick it off with the – or let's just beforehand. How do you approach the fantasy football wide receiver position when you're uh, going into drafts? Let's say half point, full point PPR league. You know, this year it's been a little different for me. Uh, and I've been waiting for t- – and I've been waiting for two reasons. And not necessarily waiting where I'm you know, waiting six rounds. But I'm not loading up early on wide receivers. It, you know, I'll usually take one in the first two rounds, maybe three rounds, depending on how things fall. But then I, I found myself waiting a lot, and that's for two reasons. And one is because the running back position falls off a cliff so fast that I've been finding myself drafting running backs early because, one, they get hurt a lot. Two, there's so many committees. And three, after, like, the first 15, I, I don't feel all that comfortable with a lot of them. So I, I found myself waiting on wide receiver a lot for that. So, you know, I like to have one of the top 20 uh, maybe two, uh, but I've really been uh, filling out my wide receiver roster last when I've been doing drafts. Yeah, that's kind of been my deal. Um, the one I'm in right now, I believe you're in it as well. Um, the uh, Roto Buddy one. Are you in that one too? No, I'm in that one. I'm actually no. not in a slow draft right now for the first time in about two months. That's Steve then. Steve's in that one. Okay. Um yeah, it's uh, of course on the turn I took Darius Geis and that didn't work out too well. And um, yeah, receivers late's been the uh, approach in that one for me. But uh, we'll see because yeah, the running backs drop off rapidly. I'm in full agreement with you there. Let's talk wide receivers now. Kick it off with the top five in ADP: you got Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, OBJ, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, the best of the best. Um, we'll kick it off with you real quick, Antonio Brown. Really, no question here. Where would you take him uh, in the, the first round of the draft? I believe the highest I've taken him was sixth overall. Uh, you know, the top four running backs for sure. And then, you know, you get into the Barkley, the Camara, that kind of thing. Or you go wide receiver. And I believe I did a draft where I took him sixth overall as the highest I've taken Antonio Brown. I like it. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, hopefully getting a full year to Sean Jack, uh, Sean Watson. We've seen Hopkins play with all the bad quarterbacks last year, and it didn't matter at all. He is a monster and should continue things on. Do you uh, see anywhere where like the difference between Hopkins, OBJ, and Julio Jones, those big three there in spots two through four, that uh, all in for good years, but is Hopkins the clear number two for you? To me, he is. To me, he's on Brown's heels. I, I have a giant man crush on DeAndre Hopkins, and I have since he was a rookie. For and it, a lot of it comes down to one reason. I don't know if maybe you remember this, maybe you don't. But I saw a video where he stood in front of one of those machines that throws the football. He caught thirty-three in a row with one hand, and it was just ridiculous. And we're like, passed him, and he hurled it in. Like the guy catches every. It's like he's got just gloves for hands. I've never seen anything like. Uh, I, and it does, like you said, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. He's amazing. He had the one down year, uh, but he's so damn good. So he is easily my second. Uh, Beckham, he is my least favorite player in football, but I do understand his talent. Uh, my concern with him is his injury. I know the Giants are going to baby him, and he's not going to play a lot of the preseason. That shouldn't be a big issue. He's still my number three. Uh, you know, he's he's not a rookie. So, I mean, him and Eli Manning already have a chemistry. So missing the preseason is a huge deal. Uh, but he's had a little injury history, so it's a little trepidation. Uh, Michael Thomas is my fourth uh, 
big, huge target on uh, on a good passing team. I know the Saints ran a lot more last year, but they still threw plenty. And, and Thomas is a clear-cut uh, number one on that team. So I expect another huge year out of him. Julio Jones, personally, I don't have in my top five. Uh, he doesn't score enough touchdowns for me. I know last year was really bad with three, but I think he's only scored six, maybe three times in his career. Uh, he gets a lot of receptions, a lot of yards, uh, although the last two years I know he hasn't even topped 90 receptions. So Julio, I have a few more spots down. So uh, he's he's outside my top yeah, five. It seems like some are like really, really huge on this quote-unquote Julio bounce back, and you just nailed it there. Is He's been really good, and uh, I think it was Josh ADHD or uh, Matt, uh, Mike, Matt Williams or whatever tweeted out a, uh, a photo of consistency, and Julio's always up top, and then you had like um, – it was OBJ or something very, very erratic, which you kind of expect. But when uh, OBJ goes off, he goes off, and yeah. it's a big difference. Um, when you're talking about, like, Julio Jones, what are your thoughts about, like, Calvin Ridley being there? People are in love with him, and he's super talented. Some say it's kind of a mini-me. Do you think he's going to have that big of an impact to maybe take away from Julio, or is he just kind of there? I mean, a couple things. One, a lot of rookie-wide receivers – tend not to make huge impacts in their in their first season not all I mean we saw like Juju Smith-Schuster last year had a great rookie year uh but my my other problem is and I every year people argue with me about Julio Jones because I do this every year and everybody loves him so I, I get in the same arguments every year but outside of the the humongous Super Bowl season for the Falcons look at Matt Ryan's stats they're not all that impressive uh you know he, I think that was the one year he's bro- broken 30 touchdowns. Uh, you know, I know he throws to Jones in, in the red zone a lot. I know he had a ton of uh, red zone targets last year, but then the three, that makes the three touchdowns even worse. Uh, Ridley maybe can help him if he's, you know, if, if he can maybe draw some defense away from him. Cause it's not like the Falcons have had a household name as their second receiver, basically Jones whole career, but Jones, he does the same thing. He goes off these huge games. He had that, what, 220-something-yard game last year. Uh, And you take that out, which I know you can't do because he had it, but, I mean, he scored a lot of his points in one game. So I hope Ridley can help him, but I I don't know. I've just never really liked the guy. From a fan. And the last question here. Yeah, the last question on the top five is you mentioned Michael Thomas as your four. I completely agree. People are sleeping on the Saints again. Drew Brees, a lot of people, you can get him later than ever, basically, for a fantasy draft for him, for his standards. Um, they do have Cam Meredith. There's a lot of buzz about Cam Meredith being kind of one of those late-round wide receiver flyers. What are your thoughts on the Meredith-Thomas combo there in New Orleans? I I am one of the ones with the Meredith buzz. I know I drafted him in the Scott Fish. Bowl. I've drafted him with a couple other. I, I like him. I, I like uh, you know a little bit of what he did with the Bears with garbage quarterback play. Uh, now he goes to New Orleans. Uh, you know, on the fast service at home with a great quarterback and a big number one receiver to take some of the defense away from. I, I'm a big uh, Meredith at the end of draft kind of guys. Uh, and if he does make an impact, much like I said with, with Julio, maybe they'll take some of the more of the. Uh, the defense away from Michael Thomas. I, I he's a stud. I, I, I might put him at number three uh, over Beckham, but I, I probably won't. It's it's really close though. But I think Thomas is is going to be a star for a very long time. I like it. Let's go six through ten. Might be different than your rankings, but I got Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, AJ Green, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, 
Keenan Allen um, is will always have a soft spot in my heart. As I think I've taken him every year, and last year he finally stayed healthy. And my goodness, it was amazing. And I don't see that slowing down this year as long as he's healthy. I think the San Diego offense is going to be very, very good, and he's going to get fed over and over again in that offense. Uh, what's your thoughts on Keenan Allen? Because I honestly would have him over like an OBJ and some of those guys. I have been burned by him before. So the soft spot that you have is a, is a hardened spot for me. Uh, but I have drafted him a couple times this season just because, you know, this whole next section is kind of wishy-washy. Like I don't, there's, there's not a lot of yeah. separation to me between these guys, but I think Allen has the highest ceiling. Like if he has a Keenan Allen season, I think it will be better than any of Adams, Green, Evans, or, or Hill. So that's where I found myself drafting. I'm like, all right, I'm willing to give you one more shot. Don't burn me again. Uh, but I totally agree with you with the, with the Chargers offense. I think uh, Phillip Rivers is being criminally underrated. Uh, I think they're going to throw a ton again. And Allen is by far the number one receiver there. So uh, I'm I'm cautious. But, yeah, I agree. I think it, if healthy, which has been an if for him, he, yeah. uh, he has a chance to be a top three receiver. <laughs> You got Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams there in uh, San Diego. And, you know, depends on who you like is the guy. And right now I believe they're, they're saying Tyrell is the number two. That could obviously change. If you, ha- if you had to take one of those two late in drafts, which one are you looking at? I'm taking Mike Williams. Uh, I've been a Tyrell fan over the past couple of years, and he's had some good games. But I would think that he would have made more of an impact by now if he was going to. Uh, yeah, he's a big, tall guy. I'm not sure why he hasn't been a bigger part of the offense. Uh, so I'm going to give it to the, the – well, he's not a rookie. Second-year guy now, Mike Williams, and we'll give him a shot. And uh, I think he's going to be a great red zone target. And if I had to pick one, I'm going to go with the guy who I think has uh, the higher ceiling. I like it. Uh, Devontae Adams, obviously, in Green Bay with the – possibly one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, or definitely the one on the field right now in Aaron Rodgers. You have Randall Cobb out there. You have people wanting Geronimo Allison in play. How much does just all that workload inconsistency affect you with Devontae Adams? I am a big Adams fan. Just And where I didn't like Julio Jones is where I like Devontae Adams is – the, the touchdowns. I mean, he's been a consistent touchdown scorer, even if he's not a high-volume reception guy. I mean, even with Hundley last year, Adams still had a great season with, you know, an awful quarterback. So uh, he's uh, he's right up there for me. Yeah, I like that. Um, you know, A.J. Green, Mike Evans, kind of two similar guys to me, both in OK teams. Um, you know, Evans can have those big weeks from time to time. Consistency may be a factor there. Uh, AJ Green, similar to that. Uh, I think Adrian might have more of an upside, but you have Andy Dalton back there, so you have a lot to wonder about. Um, what's your thoughts with those two guys? Are you just kind of passing over them, or do you have any interest in those two? You know, these are the guys that, that I I get into, and then I'm like, yeah, man, they have a chance to have a great season. Yeah. And they've also done some duds. Uh, I've been an AJ Green fan for a long time. Uh, yeah, and like you said, he's just he's cursed by the quarterback. And why I think Dalton is better than some people give him credit for. He certainly leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, Probably better real life than fantasy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But you just got to get the ball kind of near Green. And he's going to get to it. The problem is he, he is starting to get a, a little up there in age. And, you know, the, the nagging injuries 
have started to creep in on him a little bit. So that's my concern kind of with him this year. Mike Evans has just been all over the map. Uh, it's He's either the top two wide receiver or, you know, the 20 wide. You know, he, there's no in between for him. He's either awesome or he's terrible. Kind of like Doug Martin's been the last couple of years at, at running back, uh, although he's trash now. But uh, I'm not so concerned about Winston being suspended because Evans did pretty well last year with when Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback. I just don't know that I feel great about going to Mike Evans as my number one receiver into the season. Yeah, if he's my number two somehow, if I go wide receiver heavy, okay, all aboard that train, I, both these guys. But number one, I completely agree with you. I'd rather have one of those guys at the top or take a chance somewhere in the next tier possibly. Um, I'm going to talk about mention the next tier, but I want to go back to Tyree Kill in a minute. But 11 through 15, you got Stephon Diggs, T.Y. Hilton, Adam Thielen, Doug Baldwin, Amari Cooper. So you got Tyree Kill, ADP's 10, Stephon Diggs, ADP 11. Similar type players. Diggs has what may be the better quarterback right now, but people love Mahomes in Kansas City. How do you decipher between a Tyree Kill and a Stephon Diggs? It's tough. There's two, and you pretty much nailed it there with Tyree Kill. All right, so now he's one of the fastest guys in the NFL, and he had basically a noodle-armed quarterback over the past few years and still did pretty well. Now he's got a guy who can get him the ball and get him the ball way down the field. Unfortunately, that guy has played one NFL game, and it didn't really even matter for much. So there's the question mark of Mahomes. Uh, as far as Diggs is concerned, Thielen was a better receiver last year. Uh, they they get an improvement in quarterback with Cousins. So, I mean, all signs point to Minnesota being a spectacular offense. In that case, there's enough for Diggs and Thielen to both be awesome. Uh, I'd probably lean Hill very slightly. Uh, his his explosive ability is just is hard to match. His speed might be unmatched. Uh, and, I, and I do believe in Mahomes. I think Mahomes will be good. Uh, there are certainly question marks, uh, but I believe that Hill will be slightly better. And he also doesn't have – I know Sammy Watkins is there, but he's he's fine. But, uh, you know, he doesn't have – Hill doesn't have the competition that Diggs has as a second wide receiver. Exactly. Adam Thielen and Sammy Watkins, if people try to compare those two, they're a little crazy. And there's a lot of Sammy Watkins love out there right now, but that's a little – little far-fetched. Um, how do you pick between Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen on the same team? You know, I, I hate to just cop out like this, but to me it's it's almost a coin flip. Uh, you know, we all expected yeah, Diggs, yeah. Diggs to have a better season last year, and Thielen was unguardable. Uh, you, you would think by the end of the year someone would have would have done some, you know, some defensive coordinators would have drawn something up to take this guy away, but they just couldn't do it. Uh I still think Diggs is a more talented receiver. Uh, I still – I expect him to have a better season this year than he did last year and for Thielen to regress a little bit. Uh, but you can't – you probably can't go wrong with either one. Like I said, Cousins is going to be a better quarterback than Case Keenum. Uh, and, you know, the running back is should be great. Dalvin Cook, you know, should keep defenses, uh, you know, honest there. Kyle Rudolph at tight end. There's just – there's nowhere for the defense to, to focus on. So, I mean, any of these guys can be great. So it could be as a coin flip. I'd probably, you know, uh, lean very, very slightly to Diggs. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think what you said is how – it's funny how none of the defenses could game plan for him last year. I think this offseason there's been a lot of game planning for taking a uh, feeling out, and we might see a little role reversal there. But 
any way you look at it, that Minnesota offense looks outstanding this year, not just from the game one dominance it did, just all those pieces of the puzzle should be very, very good. Um, Doug Baldwin, before the injury, he was much higher on the ADP list. Uh, it's questionable if he's even going to make it to the start of the season. Eventually he will come back, and eventually he's very, very good, and we have to really realistically think about it. No Jimmy Graham, no Paul Richardson. Doug or uh, Russell Wilson loves Doug Baldwin. He's going to be very, very good. What's your thoughts on Baldwin with this injury going into the season? You know, if you can get him as your second, that, I think that's an awesome pick. Uh, so you have the ADP at 14. So he's going a very high wide receiver too. And I think he's worth every bit of it. Uh, I keep waiting for the Seattle, you know, for Russell Wilson and the Seattle offense to kind of fall apart just because their offensive line is so terrible. Uh, but it, if somehow Wilson just continues to pull these rabbits out of hats, uh, it's like him and Baldwin, I don't know, they have like radar for each other when plays break down. Uh, Baldwin finds holes in defenses and Wilson finds ways to get on the ball. So I, I think until you, you see it start to collapse, there's no reason to doubt it's going to happen again. It's just, I, I don't care for the Seahawks. Uh, I think he's absolutely worth this spot in ADP. Yeah, I'm with you. If you can get him as your number two, I think this is phenomenal because I do think when he comes back healthy, he's going to put up the wide receiver one numbers, which we expect because there's nowhere else to go. I, I know that sounds simple and, and lazy, but there really isn't anything to do. And we've seen the rapport between those two, and it's just the way it's going to be, I think. Um, the last two guys here, we can kind of group them together and get a quick take on it. we got T.Y. Hilton. People are raving mainly because everybody that loves Andrew Luck loves the combo with Hilton. And then you have Amari Cooper. People are thinking this is year after the kind of mess it's been of late, the inconsistency of late. And it's a John Gruden offense. I'm not completely seeing this, but that's the talk. Any thoughts on Hilton or Cooper real quick? Well, Hilton, you can see my comments about Andrew Luck from earlier in the show. So <laughs> I'm kind of I'm staying away from him. I, the only guy I can see myself drafting on the Colts this year is, is Doyle. Uh, I don't get the Eric Ebron all of a sudden. Like, he couldn't catch the ball in Detroit. I'm not sure why he can catch the ball in Indianapolis. So, uh, Doyle is the only person, I think, on the Colts I'll be even thinking of drafting this year. And Hilton is a fine receiver. I'm just not taking him at the, what, the 12th overall receiver. There's no way he's my number one receiver. Uh, if I, I could somehow get him as my three, I'm just, I just – it was a disaster last year. And if luck goes down and it's Jacoby Brissett again – I, I just see the offense sputtering again. So I, I, I'm staying away from Hilton. As far as Cooper is concerned, uh, my partner Steve did this really nerdy article about John Gruden. And we'll see if his coaching style is the same as it was a decade ago. But he went through <laughs> – it was really nerdy. He went through the targets for his like top receivers through his entire career, John Gruden's entire coaching career. And he focused on the number one receiver – at a ridiculous rate. So with if that holds, and again, it was, what, 10 years ago since he's coached. If that holds, I think Cooper is the the no doubt number one receiver there. Uh, so he, I believe, is going to be in for a, a solid bounce back year. Uh, I'm good with him as my number two. Okay, I like it. Let's talk 16 through 20 real quick. You got Mr. Consistency, Mr. Somehow he's fine in the field, Larry Fitzgerald. You got Juju Smith-Schuster, Demarius Thomas, Brandon Cooks, Allen Robinson, Larry Fitzgerald at 16, uh, to me, this is a wide receiver, too, that you love in a PPR league. He doesn't seem to be losing a step at all. Sam Bradford loves those quick little outs, stuff like that. What's your thoughts on Larry Fitzgerald? I'm with you. I'm good with him here, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, 
I'm hoping it's Josh Rosen, honestly. But, you know, Bradford is – well, he's very accurate. Like you said, yeah. the little short stuff, which is what Fitz's game is at this point. Uh, but I think he is capable of more. I think the offense will be better if it is Rosen. So, you know, when, when Bradford gets a hangnail in two weeks and is out for the year, uh, you know, we'll I'm sure we'll see him there. No, I completely agree. I, I think Rosen will get his time eventually. It's just as out of all the rookie first-round quarterbacks – I think Bradford's the best one that can hold the spot the longest, if that makes sense. I know Tyrod probably will if they keep winning, but Arizona's defense will be decent enough to keep them in games. As long as they're winning, they're going to go that route, I think. Um, they did draft Christian Kirk, a talented wide receiver. What's your thoughts on him as a wide receiver, too, uh, on their offense, probably a wide receiver three or four in fantasy? Yeah, I, I'm on board with that. I've drafted him in a couple of mock drafts and a couple of real drafts that I've done. Uh, I think he's got a chance to, to have a real – Solid rookie year. I mean, clearly the defense is not going to be fully focused on him. I can get down the field a little bit, and if the quarterback can get on the ball, I think Christian Kirk is a great late-round pick. All right, let's talk Juju. Um, We already know Antonio Brown's the man. Uh, Big Ben, there's talk about uh, Vance McDonald being a huge tight end weapon, and Ben likes his tight ends. Juju had a great year last year. There's no sugarcoating that. But is this hype really warranted on Juju Smith-Schuster? Yeah. It keeps getting a little bit higher, and I keep getting a little worried about it. He was a, a great receiver last year, but I think we're we're maybe giving him a little too much credit for this. Uh, the Steelers are a good uh, offense, no doubt about it. They throw the ball plenty. Uh, Vance McDonald will get his. I don't know if he's you know he'll be the Heath Miller two point uh, But as you know, mid tier number two, not even mid tier, little little high tier number two yet. Yeah. It's, it does scare me a little bit. I like Smith-Schuster a lot. Uh, I could see myself taking a chance on it, but I would like it, to him to drop you know, into the high 20s for me to really feel comfortable. Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. If he was like an early wide receiver three, sure, all aboard. But right about now, he's going to be a wide receiver two on teams. If you went running back heavy, he might be a wide receiver one on teams, and that's pretty terrifying to me. Yeah, that's too much. So, yeah, let's talk to Marius Thomas. Uh, you know, they went and got a new quarterback in Denver in Mr. Case Keenum. Um, Demarius is there. Emmanuel Sanders is there. People say, oh, now they have a real quarterback. Things will be great. I guess we'll see. But what's your thoughts on those guys? I, I think Thomas is going to be probably the same guy he's been, you know, not scoring as many touchdowns as he did earlier in his career. I think Keenum will be an upgrade clearly over what they've had. They've had just absolutely awful quarterback play for a few years now. Uh, but I don't think Keenum is going to be – I can't say what he was last year. He threw like 22 touchdowns. But people talk about him. You'd think he threw 35 touchdowns. Uh, I think he'll be fine. I think Thomas, you know, he'll catch his 85 balls, maybe 90 balls, 1,100 yards, and he'll probably have seven touchdowns. It's a very nice, you know, very nice line. That's about what I expect from him. As your number two in a PPR league, you could do worse. You could do better too, but you could do worse. Yeah, to me, he's just kind of a – this might not be the right way to say it, but he's kind of a poor man's Larry Fitz to me. Like he's going to be that – guy that gets his constant production week in and week out. Maybe he doesn't have the highest ceiling with the Keenum back there, but the floor is pretty stable. That gives you that good wide receiver too, that if you want to gamble on a Christian Kirk or something later in your draft, you have that availability. Uh, I don't mind a Demarius Thomas. I definitely like him over Emmanuel Sanders in that offense, but both could be very interesting. Yeah, I think Emmanuel uh, Sanders. Let's talk Brandon Cooks. Okay. What was that? I was going to say, I think we're going to see uh, 
Cortland Sutton eat, eat into Emmanuel Sanders this year. It didn't seem like the, the Broncos yeah. were all that thrilled with keeping Sanders, but you know nobody was going to take him at this point in his career. So I won't be surprised if we see Sutton eating into Sanders' value this year. Definitely, definitely. Uh, let's talk Brandon Cooks. He got paid by the Rams uh, when he the, he got over there in the trade. Then he got paid, and that offense was dynamite last season. They got better with obviously the Cooks addition. You have an offense that's just at, or a defense is absolutely loaded now. They're going to be paying uh, Donald to to go with all the other weapons they have there. It's going to be pretty nice there in uh, Los Angeles. What are your thoughts on Brandon Cooks fitting there? You know, there's Cooper Cup. They're still talking early. He's basically a wide receiver 1.5. Um, there's all kinds of weapons there. Yeah, there is. Uh, and don't forget Robert Woods as well. So, I mean, yeah. there's, you know, there's three really good receivers with Cooks there. Uh, uh, Cooks is, is, I think he is what he is. And I think it doesn't matter where he is, uh, you know, what, what team he's on. It seems like he's the same guy when he's in New Orleans, uh, when he was in New England, it, you know, his stats have been at least reasonably close. And, and I imagine they'll probably stay about the same for the Rams. Uh, he's a great deep threat. Jared Cook can definitely get the ball down the field. So I, I think these two are going to hit it off. The problem as far as fantasy is concerned is that he just doesn't, he's not a high volume rece- reception guy. You know, he's going to get you 68 to 75 tops, you know, so, uh, you know, a thousand yards, probably eight touchdowns. Maybe he'll get up to 10, you know, on, on this kind of offense back indoors for him. Uh, you know, the last year he spent a lot in the AFC East, which, uh, it's cold, you know, once, once yeah. Halloween hits. So maybe, uh, the, the going back indoors is going to help him out. Uh, so I like Cooks a lot. I, I can have him as my number two, uh, and I just think I think he'll be kind of consistently what he's been throughout his career. The last guy they have here is Allen Robinson. I wanted to bring him up mainly because people are really starting to buy into this Chicago Bears offense kind of being the next big thing with the new coaching staff, another year with uh, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, Burton's in town, increased running game possibly. There's a lot of different chatter on this Bears offense What's your thoughts on Allen Robinson kind of returning to that form we saw a couple years ago? I like Allen Robinson. I'm good with him here. Uh, I've kind of been a fan of his also since his rookie season. Uh, sucked that he got hurt last year and missed the whole year. Uh, I, I kind of like what I saw from Trubisky as well towards towards the end. Uh, you know, his first couple games, uh, I think the one game that he threw nine passes. I'm like, what are you going to see when the guy throws nine passes? It was just exactly. – it was – the most elementary offense possible make Jeff Fisher look like a, you know, a, a super <laughs> genius compared to what they were running the bears last year. So I, I think, you know, it's assuming that everyone picks up the playbook. Well, uh, I think they'll, they'll be better. I agree with you that the hype is a little out of hand for the bears, uh, but I do think it's going to be vastly improved from last year. Uh, I'm not looking like a Rams improvement for, you know, that they were just night and day from what they were the year before, but I do expect them to to be better. Uh, I'm good with Allen Robinson as my second. If I wait, and like I said, you know, with me loading up with running backs early, I'm I'm good. If, if he's my second, if I'm I'm really happy with that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, that'll wrap up our top twenty. You know, there's guys like Jarvis Landry and others right outside there. Uh, are there any guys you're kind of looking at outside the top twenty that really are, are focuses of yours right now? You know, I play in mostly PPR leagues, so a lot of guys like Michael Crabtree. I'm excited about Pierre Garçon coming back this year. He had 50 receptions in half a year with, you know, Brian Hoyer and and C.J. Beathard at quarterback. Now with Garoppolo, I'm excited to see what he can do. I think Sterling Shepard is going to have a real nice year for the the, – 
Giants. And the one that I, I think I can't wait to see what happens is there's been a lot of just everyone is kind of crapped on Jordy Nelson. And then he yep. came out and had, you know, he's looked really good so far. I'm really interested to see how the next few weeks for him play out. Uh, you know, he looked awful when he came back last year. And I don't know if it was Brett Hundley or did he lose a step? I, and we're going to find out real soon. Uh, I've drafted him a couple times, whether it's best ball or I, I think I drafted him again in fishbowl. So he, he's a guy that I'm, I'm very cautiously optimistic on that, you know, isn't quite done just yet. Yeah, I'm with you there on Jordy. I'm kind of where he's falling to. He's kind of reeling me in with uh, I still think there's something there with what's going on. But uh, there's a lot to like at the wide receiver position. Super, super deep. We could go on for a long, long time, but we don't need to do that tonight. You have things to do. I have things to do. People can listen to other things like your podcast. Let everybody know what you got going on again at Fighting Chance Fantasy. Yeah, take a uh, listen to Steve Rapid and I. He's at uh, Fantasy Geek 37 on Twitter. I'm at Fighting Chance. We'll do our show live Thursday at 10. So no matter what we say, that's what comes out. Uh, <laughs> we're not. We're one of the few I think that doesn't edit anything, uh, and it shows. Believe me. But uh, you know, check us out, Fighting Chance Fantasy. Uh, we got the training camp articles, rankings, everything else, all this kind of goodness for you as you get ready for your draft. So uh, check us out and drop us a line on Twitter, and we'll hook you up with some good advice. Yeah, go check him out, uh, check Ryan out on Twitter, at Fighting Chance. Uh, a lot of good stuff with those guys over there, and a lot of fun, just not not just football. There's all kinds of good, goofy stuff we got going on over there. And as he mentioned, we'll be in a mock draft tomorrow night. I'll be drafting with them. It's a ton of fun. Did a baseball one with them earlier this year. So looking forward to the football and they do write-ups for all that and a bunch of good stuff there. But, uh, Ryan, thanks for joining me, man. Really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Come back anytime. Excellent. Everybody, this is Bench with Bubba, episode 114, talking some fantasy football and wide receiver deep dive. Catch you guys next time. there. I'm Brandon Kelly from the Always Cheating Podcast, co-hosted with my friend Josh Landon. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. What is Blue Wire? Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. And over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised more than $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and their business operations. Now they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. And it's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup. 
you can invest as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which will in turn help this show continue to grow. So if you'd like to be a part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, visit WeFunder.com slash BlueWire.